Okay. So what's the question? Well, I mean, I guess the question would be, why are we so hard on ourselves? Why are we so hard on ourselves? Okay, great, great question. A great way to, to phrase it. The question comes from, it's inspired by an article that you and I both read the last week or two, right? Mm -hmm. It's an article that was in the Deseret News by Jason Wright, and it's called Shrink the Gap, right? Shrink the gap between your doubts about yourself and who God knows you really are, you know? So the gist of the article is this guy, Jason, he writes about a friend of his who has really poor, so what does he call it? A confidence deficit, right? So she's really hard on herself. She's constantly thinking of all of the things that she's doing wrong as opposed to the things that she's doing right. And he says she's so wonderful and amazing. He says she's a force, you know, and she's the only one. She's the only person who disagrees. Because it says they have mutual friends and he says everybody. Right. Everyone else sees that she's wonderful. Everyone loves her. And I think that this is such an accessible article because we all experience that same thing, right? We all know someone who we think how wonderful they are and they're just such a good person and they deserve nothing but just joy all the time because they're so great. But they don't feel the same way. And the truth is that we are the same, right? Aren't we? Well, I was about to even say like that person could be us. Right. And, and I think that it is mm -hmm. always. I think it applies to all of us. And that's the purpose of this question of this topic for the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Is because it applies to everyone. Because we all feel inadequate, right? That's kind of the gist of the, of the article, is that she felt inadequate. And he begins trying to get her to see what he sees in her and what everyone else sees in her by asking her some questions. And he says, do you believe God is your creator? And she says, yes. He says, your literal father in heaven. She says, of course. And he says, is he perfect? She says, yes. Does he love you? And he says, her humble smile and the gathering tears answered for her. And he says, all right then. So he is our creator, our father. He's perfect and he loves us. If that's all true, why would any of us be built for failure? It's time to shrink the gap between who you think you are and who God thinks you are. No, we're not perfect, but he doesn't make mistakes. We are divine creations with divine potential. Right? So, we have all of this evidence that God loves us. And he was trying to get her to see that. But we, what, what, where does that gap come from? Why don't we see it? I don't know. The fact that we're humans, we're, we are imperfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose, but like why every, I guess that would explain mm -hmm. why every single one, but I don't know if that's just a predisposition. You're a human, therefore you hate yourself. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I don't. I think it's coming from something else, and I don't know what. But but let's go over some of the evidences that we do have that God loves us. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his Son to us for the purpose, or for, for the reason, because of the reason. This was a... Poorly constructed sentence. <laughs> um, uh, he, he gave his son to save us because he loves us, right? Mm -hmm. It's the very reason that he did that. 
Okay, so let's jump to to 1 John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I mean, he's saying the same thing, right? He mm-hmm. said it was manifested in the atonement. God's love was manifested in the atonement. That's mm-hmm. why he sent his son, because he loves us. Right? So we, we, have, we have these two scriptural evidences. Uh, we have, there were a couple of quotes I found that I really, really loved. One comes from a talk by... Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, and he's talking about God's love in the talk. It's a beautiful talk, and I would we'll put the the link to it in the um, what is it? The show I, notes. I can never remember it. It's called the show notes. The show notes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, we'll put the link to it so you can listen to it or read it. It's beautiful and powerful. But he says, "So feeding the hungry, healing the sick, rebuking hypocrisy, pleading for faith. This was Christ showing us the way of the Father. He who is merciful." and gracious, slow to anger, long-suffering, and full of goodness. In his life, and especially in his death, Christ was declaring, This is God's compassion I am showing you, as well as that of my own. In the perfect Son's manifestation of the perfect Father's care, in their mutual suffering and shared sorrow for the sins and heartaches of the rest of us, we see ultimate meaning in the declaration, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The very fact that Jesus lived and the way that he lived, Elder Holland says, was to show us how the Father is. It's to show us the character of the Father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was love. I mean, Everything he did was motivated by love. Everything. Constantly. You know, and so where do we get this idea that God is cold and calculating and harsh and exacting? You know, where does that come from? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's obviously a misconception of, of ours um, because that right. is that is not the case. But I mean, sometimes you think about, you know, oh, I got to keep the commandments. There, there right. are these commandments yeah. I've got to live up to. And, yeah. and, and if, and if I don't do it, then I'm going to be damned or, or, right. or, or I'm going to be in trouble or God's going to hate me because I didn't do what's right. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's this, there's this idea out there that if you're a sinner, God hates you, but that's not, that can't be true. Right. Well, obviously not because every single person for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? Mm-hmm. All. Everyone. But yet he still sent his son, and yet he still loves us unconditionally. Right, exa- exactly. I mean, he sent his son to save the world, right? Implying that he sent his son to save those who needed to be saved, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it is everybody, right? But he, he sent it for the sinners. And Jesus says that, it, that he comes to save those who are, what, how does he say it? Uh, those who are, who are healthy or those who are well need not a physician, right? Those who, who are who are sick don't need a doctor 
you know, he came to save the sick, literally, but 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 also spiritually. But I really liked that you said that because I think that as I was thinking through it this morning, that is that is a big reason why I think we get this idea that if we are not perfect, that somehow God is uh, is angry with us, mm-hmm. right? Is because we hear all the scriptures and we're taught all the time that we need to be perfect, right? I mean, there's a scripture in Matthew, you know, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven is perfect. That's a commandment. We need to be right. And, and we, and we know all the other commandments too. You know, that we have the 10 commandments and then we have commandments that go even further than that. You, you have to love your enemy. That's a commandment. So do we have a misunderstanding of how to attain perfection? I mean, for example, I'm, I'm thinking about this article from the Deseret News. I mean, yeah. did she, I mean, she was trying to be perfect and right. noticing that she's not. Right, right. W- which, you know, I myself, I consider myself a perfectionist. It's not one of my favorite attributes, but I want to, I want to do the best I can at everything I, I do. And if it's not up to what I think is good enough, I get down on myself right. and I beat myself right. up because oh, this isn't good enough. I suck at this yeah. or I'm not good right. at this, you know? We're aware of all our negatives, you know, but we're not as aware of our positives. But we'll get into that later. But I think that we we look at the commandments and we read the scriptures and we hear a God sometimes who who we kind of imagine to be very exacting and very demanding and very like, if you aren't perfect, I've commanded you to be perfect. And if you don't keep the commandments, you're damned, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you won't be saved, you know. So I think it it comes from, I think, no, I mean, one thing is it comes from like, a misunderstanding of the tone of the scriptures because they're written in such a way it, they, they were written so long ago, right? That it's kind of hard for us to understand like the little idiosyncrasies of how they spoke and the, the parabolic like way that they taught. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't understand the symbolism. We don't understand the language. They don't, it's, I mean, you read the scriptures and it's hard to understand sometimes. So I think that that can kind of give it a distancing feel. So it's like we feel distanced from the words and they feel a little colder maybe. But I think that uh, another part of it is just we focus on the negative part of it. I mean, we we are commanded to keep the commandments. We are commanded mm-hmm. to, to be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. But I, I like what you said. How do we obtain that perfection? And the way that we obtain the perfection is the whole purpose of Christ's coming, right? I mean, that he, he came to offer us the only way for us to obtain that. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that it comes from a misunderstanding of God's character and a misunderstanding of his love. And, I mean, Joseph Smith said something that was re- I found really, really cool. He says, our Heavenly Father is more liberal in His views and boundless in His mercies and blessings than we are ready to believe or receive. I think that He's much more ready and inclined to forgive and be merciful than we realize. I mean, much more. Yeah. I, th- I think that in, in any moment when we might be beat ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so dumb. Why did I do that? That was a huge mistake. I think that if we were to speak with him in that moment face to face, I think he would be, we would probably be overwhelmed with the mercy and the patience. It's okay. You can do this. I'm with you. I love you. You can do it. 
come, we can do it together, right? Well, I mean, I was thinking about the the word unconditional the other day, mm-hmm. and I think I've had a misunderstanding. Well, not a misunderstanding. I just hadn't really like thought about it deeply enough, mm-hmm. um, and I just I kind of defined it for myself, which is pretty self-explanatory but like we say oh god loves you unconditionally yeah we just say that but i i don't think i ever really understood it totally but i kind of defined it as there is no condition in which you can find yourself that you are unqualified for god's love right so when he loves all of us unconditionally right like you there's nothing you can do to make god not love you right correct right so and and the difference because it's this because even when you say that and as you say it i i I agree with it and i believe Mm -hmm. it but at the same time then my mind says but what about keeping the commandments you need to keep the commandments right Mm -hmm. don't we yes but my point on that is if you choose not to keep the commandments does that mean he doesn't love you or is he just like maybe i wish you would keep the commandments i'm I'm maybe a little disappointed like I, i want you to be happier i want you to live the commandments but it's not like uh, I hate you now. Well, okay, so there you brought out you you mentioned something important there I think when you said that uh that he I want you to be happy, right? Because isn't that his point? Isn't that why we're commanded to keep the commandments? It's it's for us, right? He doesn't need us to keep the commandments. He's a, he's already perfect. He's already a god. He doesn't need us in order to continue being a god or continue to being happy or what right, mm-hmm. you know. He he created us so that we could experience the same joy that he has to mm-hmm. have the things that he has. And and the reason why he asks us to keep the commandments, it is to make us happy because it will make us happy. If we do it with real intent, real, you know, our heart is really in it. It will make us happy. And that's the point. So I, I like kind of what you just said. When we mess up, when we choose to disobey, I think that there's less of anger we hear that because there that word is in the scriptures you know the mm-hmm. anger of god or, or the um, wrath of god you know kindled the wrath of god and i don't i i don't know i'm not an expert on scriptures i'm really and I, i'm not an expert on languages either because mm-hmm. there's i mean it's written in hebrew or in greek or something you know and i don't know exactly what that means but one kid one time in in a sunday school lesson i remember said that when it talks about the anger of god um in the scriptures it means the passion of God in a way, not mm-hmm. so like uh, meaning his deep feelings. So he has deep feelings toward us when we sin. And the reason is because he loves us and wants to be with us mm-hmm. and he wants us to be like him. He wants us to be happy and he knows that we're following a path that's not going to allow us to be truly happy the way that he is. But I mean, you just use the word love there that yeah. he does love us. Right. Still. Exactly. That's the motivation. Mm-hmm. It's not anger. Like I hate you, you know, or, or, mm-hmm. or you're terrible and you're, you're no good. It's passion, deep feelings that he wants us so badly to just be with him. And he wants us to be like him because he knows that that will make us give us the fullness of joy, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I guess just my point I wanted to get across is just to make sure that as I've come to this understanding that wherever you're at in your life, like God loves you. Yeah. He loves you. And, and whether you're, you're making correct choices or, or maybe some incorrect choices, he still loves you and wants you to, to, you know, he wants your heart. He wants you to change and, and to become more like him and, and to follow a path that leads toward happiness. Right. Great 
point. And I think that sometimes I can get a little technical with some of this stuff, you know,、mm-hmm. and I think that it's important to remember and realize that the bottom line, it really is love and it is a message of love, right?、Mm-hmm. And, and that we want to be able to focus on that and tell anyone and everyone, wherever you are, whenever you're there, whatever you're doing, no matter what mistakes you've made, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. God loves you. And, that should, and, and I think that there's power in that. You know, it, in 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 believing it and、mm-hmm. realizing it, because then you start to. There's power in love from other people that starts to heal us, right? So let's move forward a little bit and talk about why, how we get there. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? To kind of create an environment where we don't believe God loves us. Because I do think that it is from, you know, we misunderstanding of the scriptures and maybe a misunderstanding of God's love and his character.、Um, but what's the thought process, kind of what's going on in our brains and in our hearts when we come to this belief that God is, is, doesn't love us, right? Well, you know, when, when, you talk to,、uh, when you talk about some of the words like inadequacy or, or、um, beating ourselves up, I mean, obviously, we have thoughts daily, all the、right. time. We're constantly having thoughts. And when this is happening, I believe that's a lot of negative thoughts. We're,、right. we're a lot of negative thoughts about ourselves, about like why we think we're not good enough.、Mm-hmm. And, and just, just this, this whole thing of beating ourselves up every day goes on. Right. Right. Coming from thoughts. Great. Exactly. Because that's my, that's my opinion of it. But so, thoughts, man, this is a subject I've been studying quite a lot recently,、mm-hmm. and it's really fascinating to me. Our thoughts are actual, they create electrical energy, right? So,、mm-hmm. you can actually measure, you can hook up an EEG machine. You have, you've seen those,、um, they have the little things on someone's head, right? Yeah. And, you, and they can measure a thought, they can measure the out- electrical output. Of a thought, right? And, it's, and that's really fascinating.、Mm-hmm. You know, that the a thought actually creates meaning that a thought is, is a thing. Okay, so what it also does, it creates the electrical output, but it, it also creates vibration. You know, we, we talk about becoming in tune with the spirit. We say that all the time, right? You need to be in tune with the spirit, in, in line with what God wants for you in your life. You know, you need to put Him first and, and Put your will in, mind, in line with his will, you know? Yeah. So being in tune with it. And I love that phrase because when you think a thought that's positive, it vibrates at the frequency of positivity, of whatever that thought is, right? You know? So we're actually literally tuning, we're vibrating at the frequency of love, for instance, if we think thoughts of love. And, and in this case, so it's like we become in tune with God. And God is love, right? And so、mm-hmm. we, we become in tune with what He wants for us. So I really like that, that analogy. So our thoughts are actual things and they, and they create a vibration in our bodies. So our thoughts create our, they shape our feelings. They shape our feelings. And our, and our feelings are really the things that, that are vibrating at our bodies at, at, at specific frequencies, right? And make us in tune with. That's why if we feel peace, we feel the spirit, we feel peace. And so we're in tune with the spirit. You know, if we feel anger, we are in tune with anger and we're, we can't feel the spirit. So I, I guess the, the question, maybe, and, and maybe we're getting there, is, is、mm-hmm. how, like, how do we make ourselves feel that way? Like, right. Like, how, 
what are, what do we do to, to have right. those thoughts so that we can feel right. the love of God? Yeah, because great question, because um, we try to, don't we? And and that sort of, at least for, for me, it, it always kind of created a feeling of anxiety, like a lot, like I was trying to think positively. I was trying to think good thoughts. I was trying to keep my thoughts clean, you know, and, mm-hmm. and focus on, on God. And then the second you had a negative thought, then you were beating yourself up right, about it. Exactly. Yeah. So and, then and you're just like battle. going, you're going back to the negative immediately because you can't stay positive. Exactly. And you're feeling negative. And that's more powerful than thinking positive. Feeling mm-hmm. negative is more powerful than thinking positive. And what I discovered recently is really, really eye-opening to me. I was listening to uh, um, an interview with a guy named Bruce Lipton, and he's a developmental biologist, right? And he talks a lot about genetics and particularly um, epigenetics, with it, which is this discovery that he made where he took stem cells and he, and he put them in, in um, he, he let them multiply. So he had thousands of stem cells. They're the exact same stem cell i mean they came from they it's it's the it's the same genetic code it's there's no difference at all they're all the same and he put them in different petri dishes three different petri dishes and he changed the environment right so you like i don't know how it all works exactly but mm-hmm. you give them different food you know quote unquote mm-hmm. food food whatever they eat and and whatever so he changed the environment for all all three dishes and they became three different types of cells one became muscle cell, one became bone cell, one became fat cells. And he's like, how is that possible? If your genes, the genetic code, what, what we all used to believe makes us who we are, if the genes were the exact same in each one, how could they turn into different things? Yeah, that's crazy. It doesn't make sense. So what he discovered and realized was that we actually control our genes. Well, the environment controls our genes. Well, because basically from what I understand so far is if you put yourself in a positive environment, right. you're going to be positive. Exactly. You're going to turn into a positive being, or, you know, right. that, that you're going to make up that for yourself. Right. You create it mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. And so, and what, what he also um, says, and, and, and I've read the article that he's referencing, and we'll put it in the show notes. I got it. I got, you got, it, right. got, you got it right. You got the show notes <laughs> yeah. right. You're going to get it down. Kind of get, get it. Down. He says that as neuroscientists, they they now believe or have discovered that 95% of our thoughts each day are controlled by the subconscious mind. So only like 5% of our thoughts are actually conscious thoughts. Hmm. And and so the the problem with that is that if your subconscious mind, so your subconscious mind holds all of your beliefs, you know, your emotion, a lot, you know, a lot of your emotions, it holds you know, your, your skills and stuff that you've kind of learned and that you kind of do without thinking about it, like driving a car, you don't really think all the time mm-hmm. about what specifically what you're going to do. Like if you're going to make a turn in your car, if your subconscious mind wasn't controlling things there, you'd have to make all these really um, uh, technical and complex calculations as far as like angle, how fast do I turn the wheel and mm-hmm. how fast do I drive and how like it would be really a complicated so basically what you're saying is if this were the case, I wouldn't be as good as I am at basketball, like putting, <laughs> making the ball into the hoop because right. I have to make no. all these calculations That's of right. exactly how to shoot it from where, exactly. how far I'm out each time. But because but your I've, brain, I've just, my brain just, your subconscious does. mind is an amazing machine and it can do all those calculations. You're, you're, right. la- you're laughing at me for bragging about being good at basketball. No, right? I wasn't. <laughs> I was just smiling about it. You are good at basketball. Well, I don't know if I'm that good, but. Yeah, you well, are. thinking positive, right? I'm, that's I'm, right. I'm good at basketball. You're great, but that's that's a great 
a great analogy. You know, if you're ever able to do anything that would require like this complex, you know, algorithm and and, mm-hmm. and calculation, your your subconscious mind does that. You don't even think about it. But the the point is that it also holds all of your beliefs, your deep seated beliefs. And if your deep seated beliefs are negative, for instance, if you believe that God is angry at you when you make a mistake, like that's in your subconscious, you're not even really aware of it, but it's deep in, in ingrained in you. So if, if 95% of your thoughts every day are coming from the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is negative, it means 95% of your thoughts every day are negative. Okay, so the scriptures say, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. And there's a reason unceasingly that means constantly and and the sacrament prayer says that we always remember him always you know that we may always have a spirit to be with us right we keep the commandments that we may always have a spirit to be with us because and the reason is because we always need it because it's so powerful Mm -hmm. it's so our thoughts and our feelings are so powerful in the way that they shape us right so and the subconscious mind is is trained Early on, Dr. Lipton says by about age six or so, is it like you're kind of walking around in a state of, um, he calls it theta. It's like a lower brain function, but where you're you're just kind of open to everything that's coming in. The subconscious mind has no filter as far as like it can't reject anything. Just whatever it sees or hears or it accepts it as reality, right? And so... You're, that's why as a child and a baby and you learn so quickly and you learn, you know, you learn how to speak really quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, and you become, um, you kind of become who you are in that first six years. And I mean, that's why the scripture says, train up a child in the way he shall go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because God knows and uh, that, that those early formative years are, that's where the, the subconscious mind is becoming trained and programmed mm-hmm. to believe what it's going to believe. Right. And so that, I believe, is the reason why we kind of get to this point where we believe God is angry with us when we sin or that we believe God even hates us. Right. We might mm-hmm. feel that way. Oh, we, you know, I'm hopeless if, when I sin. You know, be- mm-hmm. it's because we've trained ourselves that to, to think that way for so many years. You know, we've trained ourselves with negative self-talk. Every time we make a mistake oh man, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? God is so angry with me. We feel that guilt, right? So I think that that is the reason, or that's kind of like the the mental process that we go through that creates a negative environment and creates a situation. Then we then perpetuates itself because then we continue to think those things and continue to feel those negative feelings, which then just brings more negativity, right? And I'm assuming that same thing basically applies to instead of, you know, God's mad at me or God hates me mm-hmm. as far as in, inadequacy is concerned, which yeah. is, you know, something that, yeah. you know, I've, I've struggled with at times right. in my life where it's just like, oh, I tried hard, but I'm not good. There's so many other people that are better right. than me at this. Right. Like, why should I even try? And you compare yourself to compare other myself to others and stuff. Yeah. But I've ingrained that thought process right. to no matter what I do, I'm not good enough or I'm not I'm not going to be as good as other people, so why should I even try? And I've continually put that in my my thought right. process, and it's in my subconscious, and, and I just have believed that. Right, exactly. You believe it. You know, you accept that as reality. And, and I don't know exactly why we do that. 
Like why, why the natural tendency to just think all the negative things? Because I mean, it, that, that doesn't just apply to people who are religious. No. I mean, there, there are humans that, that may not even believe in God at all, but they're still, they still struggle. I've know people that struggle with negative self-talk. Absolutely. I, I think m- most people do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know why, why is the, why is that natural tendency to, well, so there are some theories as far as like environment creating the reality, mm-hmm. you know, like the Petri dishes when each environment was different. So if you are in a healthy environment, then you might be more positive and more healthy. So if you turn on the news, you know, what are most of the stories about? All negative. Negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, you know, and, and I'm not saying that we should like bury our heads in the sand and, and ignore all the bad things. That's not really what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that your thoughts shape your reality. So we need to become aware of that. So if you li- like anything that you see or hear or think or say or anyone else says anywhere, it doesn't matter if it was on a TV show or a movie or in a song or wherever, it's all shaping your perception, all shaping your paradigm, all shaping your reality. It's like the law of the harvest, right? What you sow, you reap. Mm-hmm. And so you, your thoughts are literal things and they vibrate at a specific frequency and they bring those literal things into your life. They bring more of it into your life. So, you know, if we grow up in a world where we're constantly inundated with negativity, turn on the news, you go to school, you go wherever, and people are always negative, it's just going to breed more negativity. I guess that's why we're kind of in, encouraged and instructed to watch uplifting movies and listen right. to uplifting music and, exactly. and and do all these things, participate in these things that, that bring positivity and, and bring us closer to the spirit. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, it, and it's interesting because you hear about those things as a child, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of view them as commandments, as, as like limitations a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I can't do this. I have to do that. But when you really look at it, even from a scientific standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. you realize why it's so important. There's reasons behind yeah. all these commandments. There, there are yeah. things that, that they're out there to protect us and to make us happy. And and, it, and they're all motivated by love, motivated by God's love. He loves us so much that he wants us to be happy. And he knows that we need to put ourselves in tune with positivity or we can't really be happy. So he gives us commandments that allow us to be in tune with positivity. That's why he says, love your neighbor or love your enemy mm-hmm. as, as yourself, you know, forgive everybody, you know, because he knows that that's putting you in tune with positivity. Well, and that's interesting because if, if you stop and take a look at all the commandments of God mm-hmm. now and try to look, what, why would he be commanding me to do this? You know? Right. And then you can see that by by breaking this commandment or by not living up to it, mm-hmm. there's it's going to introduce negativity. Right. You can look at every single one of them that's and right. and you'll see, oh, negativity is probably going to come up this. So right. I need to make this choice for positivity so I can stay happy. Right. Because you want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So it's really a wonderful blessing. The commandments are such opportunities for happiness. That's why he, he gives them. You know? So I guess uh, now we kind of talked about it. Like what are some specific things? Like what, what are actions translated into our language? Uh-huh. Like what can I do to, to be positive? Yeah. What are some actions I can take? Well, I, and I mentioned it, a few minutes ago, I loved the scripture, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, because that was a, a powerful change for me when I read that scripture and I realized, interesting, how can I apply this in this situation? So let's talk about the subconscious mind for a second again. The subconscious mind, the way that it learns something is through repetition. It's a habit mind. The The way that it learns as a child is over and over and over again. You hear something, you see something, and it starts to accept it. 
So the good news is with that, that's how it learns still. If you decide, okay, I don't want to feel negative all the time. I want to feel good. I want to feel positive. I want to feel God's love. I want to believe that God loves me. Then you've got to retrain or reprogram the subconscious mind to believe that. So what I do, a lot of people do these, they call them like affirmations, right? And an affirmation is simply just something that you're affirming you know, mm-hmm. to be true. It could be good or bad. And you're, you're doing it. Everyone is doing it all the time, every day. But most of the time they're doing it with negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. But you can do it with positive thoughts. So instead of telling yourself negative things all the time, like every day you're walking through life and you make a mistake, oh, that was stupid. Why did I do that? Why did I say that thing? They hate me now. You know, I, you know, I could have done better on my test and I'm so stupid. Why didn't I, you know, study harder or whatever? Instead mm-hmm. of doing that, you put a positive spin on it, right? And, and say, I'm wonderful. And, and it's not, okay, so here's a distinction too, because I think sometimes we might, and, and religious people particularly might feel like, oh, that's arrogance and pride and I don't want to be prideful or arrogant. No, no, it's not that at all. You are God's child. And as such, you have divine potential and your worth is infinite. So it's accepting the truth about who you really are. Just quickly going back to that, uh, like the test example. Mm-hmm. So can I um, make an affirmation before the test? Like before the test, can I can I think positive thoughts and and, yeah. and affirm like I'm going to do well in this I'm test? Do well. I mean, because I think a lot of times, like a test situation, you go into like I'm not prepared. Right. I, I right. I'm not going to remember worried, everything. Afraid. Like, I, and yeah. it's just all fear. And but if we prepare and and we think positive thoughts, mm-hmm. um, does that will that help us? Absolutely, it will. Yes, absolutely. I mean, a lot of professional athletes do the visualization, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, well, Tony Robbins, he's a motivational speaker. You know, um, has done a lot of great work, and he told of an example of they did an experiment where they took these basketball players and they wanted them to shoot free throws better. They had one group that they went and they practiced over and over and over and over and over again for a, a couple of weeks, just practiced tons and tons and tons. And then they had another group that didn't do anything. They didn't pick up a ball. They didn't, they didn't practice. They didn't do anything, you know? So that was kind of like your control group. I guess, <laughs> but, and then they had a third group that wasn't allowed to touch a basketball or go onto a basketball court. But what they would do is they would visualize in their minds, shooting free throws and making it every time, every single time. Because what that does, when you think those thoughts and you visualize, visualizing is so powerful. Because then it involves your senses and your feelings. Because then you can start to feel the feelings of that being true. And then they did the study. And which group do you think? I'm assuming with you telling the story. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty anticlimactic if it was... <laughs> if it was the ones that never touched the basketball. Yeah, no. It was, uh, it was, visualization, that's right? That's right, yeah. Easily, yeah. They, they, they won. Because they, didn't, they, they got the results of perfection in their heads over and over and over again and the one they didn't have reality there to kind of mess with that because when, when you practice it's great but you're gonna miss some right you mm-hmm. know so they would miss some and they would and they would feel that feeling of like i failed and i'm not as good so but the people who made it every time in their head they felt the feeling of making it every time mm-hmm. you know michael jordan would visualize all the time taking and making that last shot and he was the greatest player that ever played right so positive self-talk, um, you're, you're retraining your subconscious mind 
habitually. You know, you have to constantly repeat it over and over and over again. Like you can get like affirmations. You can go online and look them up or something and find someone just telling you these positive thoughts. Oh, you're wonderful. You deserve to be happy or you're wealthy or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you can do that. I actually made my own mm-hmm. and I just recorded myself saying positive things that I want to believe about myself. And particularly as it relates to this, I would, I'd say, God loves me, you know, God loves me because I want to retrain my subconscious mind to accept that. And it is remarkable the difference that it makes it is incredible I, mm-hmm. i'm telling you like it's amazing how much better i feel about myself and about life and and how much stronger my faith is in god and in his love because okay so here's kind of where we we get to this practical application because well jesus says that that whatever you ask for in faith doubting nothing you'll receive right and he says that many different places in the scriptures and it's because of the power of faith. You know, we faith is the first principle of the gospel. And if we don't really have faith, we're not really applying the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. But in order to have faith, we have to, you mentioned it earlier before we started recording, but you said we have to believe and accept God's love. We have to believe that God loves us and we have to accept that God loves us. I think that a big problem with why we don't feel his love all the time is because we because we don't feel his love, right? Mm-hmm. And like we're waiting for him to like force us to feel his love before we'll believe that he loves us. But mm-hmm. what we need to do is believe that he loves us and then we'll feel it. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. I'm sorry that that's how it works sort of <laughs> in a way because it's that's so difficult and it's hard for people to to grasp that. It's hard for me to grasp it sometimes, but that's that's faith is an, an eternal law. That's how it works. So you have to believe it first and then you'll feel it. But in order to really believe it, We've got to retrain that. We've got to let virtue garnish our thoughts unceasingly. We've got to expose ourselves to positivity constantly. I mean, so basically, I mean, like kind of what you're saying is some of us at times may feel it, but maybe not feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so kind of what I got from that was like, you know, we'll feel God's love every now and then, yeah. but we're not feeling it all the time. And so right. to be feeling it all the time, we've got to you know, have that virtue garnish our thoughts unceasingly, have yeah. that positivity all the time, That's always right. be thinking that God loves us right. so that it, it's a, it's applying, it's, it's ingraining itself into our subconscious right. so that it changes that negativity. Right. But if we just, oh yeah, on Sunday, you know, I feel that God loves me and then the rest of the week I don't, right. um, you're back to that negativity. We've got to change that habit. The process, the, process the, the, the pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because how many times have you like, Throughout your life, you have this really powerful spiritual experience, mm-hmm. right? Wow, I know God loves me. I know he lives and he's, I know that Jesus atoned for my sins. I know that I'm saved. But then like even just later that day, it just, it's kind of slips away, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's gone. And then you, we go throughout our day and then we, then we get down on ourselves again. Like, what did I do wrong? I mean, God must hate me now because he loved me before because I felt it, but then he pull, took it away from me. Mm-hmm. So he must ha- hate me. And obviously that's not true. Instead of creating our feelings, we let our feelings create us. Yeah. We're allowing ourselves to just... Allowing the environment to, right. to impact our, yeah. our thoughts and our feelings, yeah. which then creates the negativity or the positivity. That's right. So we need to create that environment right. that allows for that positivity. Yeah. And being... So, we, you know, we talked about... So you positive self-talk about what are the things you want to believe. The The subconscious mind is a habit mind, and so you have to habitually continue to 
tell yourself the positive thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is in every situation that you're in all day. Instead of automatically turning to to negativity, uh, instead of automatically saying being really hard on, on ourselves and 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 criticizing ourselves, stop being critical. Start being supportive of yourself. Start in in a situation, say like like the test, right? You know, you fail the test or something like that. Instead of saying, "Oh, you're so stupid. Why did you, didn't you study harder? You're you know you can't do it." Be kind, mm-hmm. be gentle, be, be the way that you would be to a friend of yours that you love mm-hmm. who just failed a test. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. I love you. I support you. You are brilliant. It's okay. You know, be kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. Be the way God really is toward you. Well, and, and that goes along with the that Louise Hay video that you showed me mm-hmm. um, kind of well. And, you know, she's kind of positive thinking Mm -hmm. guru and and she you know what she said was be okay with uh, along these lines i'm not quoting exactly but like you know be okay with you how you are now right be okay now you don't have to be bad to change right yeah be okay with who you are now and you can still change right yeah exactly you can still improve yeah but you have to be okay and happy with who you are now and love yourself now yeah and you can still change yeah, it's like a mindset shift where instead of like feeling like I have to change now because I'm bad, say I'm great now. I'm I'm okay now and I can change too. You know, it's not it, you're not earning your love by changing the bad. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you now and he wants to change you too so that you can be even happier. You know, I, I think that some sometimes we are afraid of grace. We'll talk about grace in another podcast for, yeah, sure. for sure, but we're just afraid that we need to earn it and we don't need to earn it. We can't. If we served him our whole lives with all our heart, might, mind, and strength, we'd still be unprofitable servants. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He loves us even though we can't. Well, I'd like to quickly share an experience I had um, okay. uh, recently about God's love. Um, mm-hmm. Being that it's we just passed Thanksgiving, I've done this before and maybe not as often as I should, mm-hmm. but um, during Thanksgiving especially, uh, I try to pray to my Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. but only thank for things. Don't ask for anything right. in, in a prayer and, and really focus on all the things that I have in my life. And those prayers are usually pretty long, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm really focusing on all the different blessings that He's blessed me with in my life. And, yeah. and so as I was doing this um, a few nights before Thanksgiving this year, I was just going through all these things and started out with little simple things, you know, and then mm-hmm. worked its way up to where I, I got to thank my Heavenly Father for my Savior, Jesus Christ, yeah. and for his life and for his example, and for the yeah. atonement and all these things. And then I remember after that, I then got to my Heavenly Father and, and I thanked him for his love mm-hmm. and for loving me. Right. Yeah. And in that moment, like I felt the spirit so strong yeah. and I, and I really, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've always been the best at, at praying, mm-hmm. you know, in my life and feeling like I'm really connecting with my Heavenly Father, but I knew it in that moment that mm-hmm. I was communicating with Him. And I felt like just the warmth of His arms, like wrapping around me mm-hmm. and that He really loved me. And in that moment, I also felt that that same love He has for everybody, yeah. regardless yeah. of whatever condition you're in. Right. He loves you so much. And, yeah. and so I just, having that experience recently, I wanted to share that since this topic was kind of on. Yeah you know, God's love and, and really knowing that he loves you so that you can learn to love yourself. Yeah. And, and so anyway, it was, it was just a really cool experience. No, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. 
in that moment that you felt his love, you completely believed it. You completely accepted it. As when you said those words, thank you for loving me, you know, mm-hmm. thank you for the love that you give me. You were accepting and believing that he loved you. And therefore, then you felt his love for you first, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. or after. And Enos says that God forgave him of his sins, right? And then he says, and I, Enos, knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. So he believed or accepted that God had forgiven him because God, you know, said that he had forgiven him. But it wasn't till he accepted it and believed it first that then he felt it, wherefore my guilt was swept away. I love that practical example you just shared, the powerful example of where you accepted God's love first, and then you felt his love mm-hmm. envelop you, you know. And that's that's the goal, and that's the point, or, and the reason why, for the for the positive self-talk. And for the affirmations. For the affirmations. All these little things is so right. that you will um, believe it and accept it so that you can feel it. Right. So I kind of think that's like the process there that we've kind of come up with is, right. is you need to believe it, take any steps you need to, to believe it right. and accept it. Yeah. And then you'll feel that love of God. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Life. I mean, because the the truth is that we're doing affirmations all the time anyway, mm-hmm. whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God or you do this, or you, whatever you believe you've, you've decided that that's what you want to believe. So it's really irrelevant whether you can prove something or not prove something, you still are going to believe it or mm-hmm. not believe it. Yeah. You know, it's it's really comes down to um, what do you want out of life? And and for me, and, and I testify that God lives and he's real and he loves us. And I know that that is true because I've I've sought him diligently. Mm-hmm. I've every day I seek him and I've gained a sure testimony of that truth. But it I know how difficult it is. To believe that well and it's an individual thing no one it can is. do it for you yeah it's an individual thing and i know how difficult it can be but if you can do nothing except love yourself first just start to learn to love yourself and believe that god loves you unconditionally and that he's you know, there's power in that you start to change um the way you feel and the way you feel starts to change your environment around you so if if you get nothing from this podcast just just start to love yourself start to be kind to yourself start to be gentle and and patient and merciful with yourself and start to believe that god loves you i testify that he loves you to a degree that you just can't understand you can't we can't we don't we don't possess the mental or emotional capacity to understand how deeply he loves us so as much as you've ever loved anyone ever or anyone has loved you you take that and, in, and, and you multiply it by infinity. And you, you can't understand how deeply he loves you and, and how happy he wants you to be. And, and I'll, I'll back that up uh, and testify about that as well. And, and I felt that when I prayed. That's, that, was, that was the feeling that I had. I could not even comprehend or understand yeah. how much he loves me and everybody else. And, yeah. and I felt it. And I know that it's true. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Mormon Guys podcast. Although we are both active Mormons, we are not official representatives of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All views expressed on this podcast are our own. For links to the material discussed in this episode, head over to our website, 
twomormonguys.com. That's T-W-O, mormonguys.com for the show notes. To support this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and follow us on social media.